Well, as you know, China is Australia's largest trading partner, accounting for a quarter of what we sell and a fifth of what we import, apparently. So what happens if its economy collapses? That is the big question. It might sound like an unlikely possibility, given China's meteoric rise over the past few decades. But there there are some rather worrying signs that the so-called Middle Kingdom's economy is faltering. Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. He joins me in the studio now. What are the concerns about China's economy really about? It It starts really with real estate, doesn't it? Yeah, Andy, well, it does. And this is something that's been going on now for several years. Um, the Chinese real estate market has been, well, it's been in trouble for quite some time. And, and I guess the biggest problem, though, is it doesn't seem to be arresting. It's 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 getting worse. So the December numbers that came out just recently showed that, uh, you know, while prices had dropped around 16% over the past two years, which doesn't sound like a huge amount, it's the sales figures that are really very terrible. I mean, down 23% uh, in the year to December. And what the one of the major problems is that uh, millions of Chinese have bought... Uh, properties off the plan, really, and they've paid for them up front. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the developers, well, some of the bigger developments have gone broke. And so you've got these half-empty buildings that have been constructed. You've got people there who've invested their life savings. They can't sell them, so sales aren't taking place. In some ways, it's kind of propping up the prices, but prices are in decline, and there seems to be nothing really that the um, that the government is doing to to arrest this. Efforts by the government to sort of ring fence Evergrande seem to have not been successful. What? Why is that? Well, they didn't seem to want to, and everybody, I guess, thought that they would at least step in at the end and perhaps pick up the edifice of uh, of Evergrande uh, and ring fence it. Yes. It's say, try and, you know, secure the debts, but they didn't do it. They let it go under, and a court just a few weeks ago decided that it was it was a, a hopeless basket case and uh, let it uh, essentially collapse. You know, there's another big one, Country Garden, which did a lot of work in Australia, uh, building uh, developments here. That is in serious trouble. It's defaulted on its, uh, on its debts as well. And look, it's not just the property sector that's in trouble either. It's the, the stock market has also been in, in free fall, really. It's down about 40%. It's at its lowest level in about five years. It's, uh, and, and, you know, there's about 220 million Chinese who are investors in the stock market who've seen their life savings evaporate, you know, in property as well. Um, so it's, they're being hit by a double whammy. And the the economy is actually, you know, we're, we're all worrying about inflation and where inflation is going in Australia and America and everywhere else. In China, their problem is deflation. So consumer prices are actually going backwards. And that might sound like it's terrific news. I mean, wouldn't you just love to, you know, be be facing that? But it's a really serious problem. It's actually worse than inflation because if you thought that a fridge was going to cost you less next month, would you buy one now? There goes consumer confidence. I suppose you put it back in your pocket. That's tell, right. Tell me about um, investment bank Goldman Sachs recently compared China's property meltdown to America's real estate collapse back in 2008, which is an alarming claim, really, and it obviously ignited the global financial crisis. Is there that potential here again? Probably not to the same extent because China's financial institutions aren't as linked to the global financial system as America's was. So America being the global reserve currency, pretty much every bank operates out of America Everybody had been lending to American institutions. The whole system was so interlinked that once you had those problems in the American real estate sector, it quickly ran rampant right through the globe. Uh, China's a very different situation, but it does have the, the potential to do enormous harm uh, through, the, through the global 
economy because China is such a huge trading nation. And, you know, we, for instance, with Australia, we, we are inextricably tied to China without through our trade. Um, they're the biggest manufacturers in the world. And so you would see a lot of pain, you know, really run through the global economy purely because China was not, um, well, it would be a drag on the global economy. I was even reading in the New York Times a fascinating uh, investigation about the arrival of Chinese nationals on the southern US-Mexico border. They're seeing um, as many um, Chinese nationals attempting access into the United States than they've seen uh, in the last 10 years. And this reporting at least attributed that to fears of the economy tanking even further. So these sort of satellite and uh, butterfly effects, if you like, about the Chinese economy and, 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 and fears about it tanking, uh, having ripple effects everywhere else. Australia, of course, we are so intertwined with the Chinese economy, Chinese money, Chinese money in our real estate. Um, how long would it be before those dominoes start to fall in our direction? Uh, well, we are so heavily linked. Um, I think you'd find that if there was a, a drop-off in demand for Australian raw materials, and that's what we mostly sell, um, that we would see the Australian dollar start to decline. Um, it has been propped up by, you know, the enormous amount of money coming in from, from the sales of those materials. Um, so we would we would be probably one of the uh, first hit by a, a massive downturn in the in the Chinese economy. And, you know, a lot of this didn't really need to happen. I mean, this has actually been quite uh, deliberate on on the part of Beijing. You might recall that uh, you know President Xi Jinping really had a, a major attack on the Chinese tech sector. Uh, I think there was probably some concern that uh, the newly minted billionaires were. Uh, possibly a threat to, to power. So Jack Ma, for instance, came under enormous uh, attack from, from Beijing, disappeared for quite some time. And then he came back being very uh, positive about the Xi Jinping <laughs> regime. I'm not sure if he got reprogrammed or that, something. That's right. Then then you had the, the attacks on the education uh, giants that were raking in huge amounts of money. And prior to that, you know, there'd been a lot of uh, attacks against uh, the property sector and the, and the, the slogan that, that houses are for living in, not for speculation. And so then there were debt covenants and, and debt restrictions put on the big Chinese property developers, which has resulted in this in this collapse in the Chinese property market. So if Beijing was more willing to intervene to prevent what everyone sort of from the outside at least sees as uh, sort of inevitable. What could Beijing do in terms of policy? Well, it should have been done quite some time mm. ago. I mean, early last year, I think there was a lot of people suggesting that perhaps China should, uh, or Beijing should, you know, step in now and try and arrest this decline. They probably should have done something about China Evergrande really early on, uh, isolate the uh, the really poor assets, take control of the company as such, make sure that the, the debt holders were paid off. Uh, but they didn't. They let it go. And the and and the problem is that each time they they do too little, too late, and they still seem to be doing that right now. I mean, last week they cut interest rates, um, but you know it's not a massive cut in rates. Well, you know, and also they've tried to stop, uh, they've tried to shore up the stock market by banning short selling and uh, directing government-owned entities to actually buy shares on the stock market, try and pop, prop it up a little. Just lastly, Ian, inflation figures are out tomorrow. Last month the figures showed a greater than expected drop in 
in inflation. What are you expecting tomorrow? Well, look, tomorrow we've got monthly figures. What the most recent ones we had were quarterly figures. They're the ones that the Reserve Bank really hangs its hat off. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see whether that... Um, it's not the full basket that we're going to get tomorrow for the inflation readings. Hopefully, we still see uh, another decline, but we've got the GDP numbers coming out next uh, week. And uh, there is concern that perhaps we might have contracted a little in the in this quarter, which would uh, be, I guess, unwelcome news for the Reserve Bank when it meets uh, uh, in the next few weeks as well. Very good. Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. Good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Andy. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.